Hi, I'm Linda OJ. And I'm Erin Espindola. Welcome to the newest episode of the Next Gen Business Podcast. Let's go. The Next Gen Business Podcast is produced by the Small Business Community Network. Visit them online at www.sbcncanada.org. Hey, Aaron, it's lovely to see you again. And guess what? It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> it's really nice to see you. And yeah, it's that time of the year when everyone, uh, the malls are getting packed and everyone's all rushing to get all the presents for their family. <laughs> I cannot believe you've been to the mall and started getting presents. You're a man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I'm definitely one of those last minute people that just buy something at the very end, maybe a gift card or something. <laughs> That's like most men, including my husband. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even show up with a card. You know what? I wrote about this today. It's not really about the presence, is it? Especially since this blinking pandemic, it's about being able to spend time with our family, friends, people we love. And to me, that's lovely, but I love presents. So, you know, I mustn't lie. So, Erin, um, we were chatting earlier when we met for coffee virtually, and you were telling me about a couple of um, small businesses you've been following on um, social media and why. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just to kind of reiterate, I follow a couple of small clothing brands online. I've been following them for around a year and a bit. And they're around, I think, I believe they're Waterloo companies or small businesses that just started. And I've just been following them because I kind of met some of the people that run it. And I just support them by liking their posts and commenting sometimes and sharing their content. Also, because I am in the same field, I like to see what they do just so that I can have an idea of what I should do as well. Um, and I have noticed that they have kind of run into the same issue that I ran into before them, which is just running out of content, not getting the engagement that they need, and then kind of recycling their content that they were posting. Uh, and I was actually talking with Linda about um, possibly like hiring someone to work on uh, posting and creating the content because originally a lot of owners and people uh, that want to do social media, they kind of just throw it on top of what all the tasks they have to do. But social media is very demanding, especially if you're posting three times a day, if you want to get those engagement numbers up and in order to grow, um, it just takes a lot, a lot of time. And a lot of people don't actually realize that when they first start it. And then that's why like a couple months later, they're just running out of content. They're posting every other day and then it turns into every third day, fourth day, and then once a week. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. And I'm so glad you brought this topic up. It's one of my favorite topics. So I'm guessing a lot of uh, students, graduates like yourself are starting businesses, which is wonderful. Um, or thinking about starting businesses in the new year. And yeah, that's a problem now. When you said you want to pay somebody, obviously it's lovely to have the, you know, the uh, the budget to pay somebody. But first of all, if you are going to find somebody to do this for you, a if you've got the budget, it's great. If you haven't, think about the barter system. Um, one of our members, Tom Fournier, knows all about that, so you can always connect to him from the SBCN. So let's imagine if you want somebody to do your social media. First of all, you've got to know that they're going to represent your brand. It's okay, you know, 
and I've seen this a lot. If you remember, I've been in business 21 years now and there was no social media and then there was this fantastic bang and then social media came along and I watched, listened, you know, just observed what people were doing. And a lot of the large organisations, the really famous ones, used to pay people and they still do, influencers are still paid, you know, by certain organisations to do things. But even that's starting to dry up bit by bit because we, the consumers, are realising those are not real people. They're being paid by the company to say, this shampoo is beautiful or, you know, things like that. And I laugh at it now because, really? You know what I'm saying? So in your case, think about this. Find somebody who is... um uh, referred to you that you trust and then if they tell you they know all about your company and they know what they're going to do for you say no 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 you're not the person for me because they don't know all about your company how can they okay that's the first and the second thing is if you decide to do the barter system you have to have something to offer them obviously and you've got a lot to offer the third thing is if if you do want to schedule your posts and you do want to take over yourself, talk to Jen Muir. She's one of the SBCM members. She's a doula. And this is what networking is all about. I don't care whether you're in college, university, whether you're a seasoned business, everybody needs to network for lots of different reasons. So contact Jen, see if you can get some time with her after Christmas because we're coming up to a busy time. And she's absolutely amazing on Instagram and Facebook and she's grown her business through Instagram in particular because she's grown the content and the, um, um, you know, people are attracted to her. So there's a couple of things. So what is it about your clothing business, Erin, that you think attracted people in the first place when you first, you know, started posting content? How did you get the engagement then? So in the beginning, it was more or less just like the name and the branding behind it that people loved. They liked that it was different and it was kind of challenging that um, censorship issue that a lot of people were facing that um, in our generation right now, which is they're scared of wearing stuff because they're, they feel like they're going to be judged. And that's something that my brand really wanted to kind of um, challenge and just be like, you know what, you can wear whatever you want. We're going to provide you the clothes that you want. We're going to be like that big company sort um, that big company that like, is for free speech type of thing and um you can wear whatever you want and that kind of draw a lot uh, drew a lot of people but then i stopped doing it because i didn't have the resources to actually manufacture everything that i needed and i was just spending way too much money on a part-time job and still trying to go back to school so i put that on pause and then when i picked it back up um it didn't get the engagement that i needed and because instagram's new algorithm it just pushed the post that I was posting to only like a hundred people out of 40,000 people that used to follow. So only a hundred people would see the post. Few of them would engage with it because they just forgot about it or they just didn't, they weren't um, as interested anymore. And then it was just downhill after that, just in the engagement Instagram just didn't let it grow. <laughs> so that, that was the big issue that I had. And then um, also creating the content was also something that was really task. Like it was just, it was very demanding. It was something that I just didn't plan or allocate the time towards. And I just kind of threw things together last minute and posted um, that same day. And it was just poor planning on my behalf. But also I do see a lot of companies, especially the young uh, young people that start their clothing brands or start something that's very easy to start 
they kind of uh, go into go into it thinking that they're just going to post it's going to be fine and they're going to have the content but in reality it's a lot more work than that <laughs> i found out the hard way i'm just so happy you can be so honest about it because that's the reason we're here isn't it so people can learn from our um experiences i don't call it a failure i don't call it a mistake it's it's something we've learned along the way isn't it you know a we need more time b we might need more money we may need more experience in whatever it is like i'm very new to instagram because i'm i've been in business many years so i started off with the traditional you know the linkedin facebook twitter those kinds of things and grew my brand there and i struggled with instagram but as I've said, you know, too many times, COVID really, you know, made me anxious. And so I've been going slower than normal with my businesses because my health comes first. So what I'd like you to do is think about you've lost the momentum now for your brand, which doesn't mean you can't get it back. But then think about what people thought about you before. Brand A brand that didn't mind saying we're different and You tell me in your own words what your brand stands for, say, in one sentence. You know, if you were a customer, can you see what your brand stands for in one sentence? Yeah, on the spot is just pretty much being having that carefree energy, just putting on whatever you want to put on because you like it, not because what other people think. And it's also kind of that party party type of... um, clothing brand slash vibe that every time you put it on you know you're gonna have a great time and you're gonna get noticed on the beach but what is different about your clothing brand and you don't have to tell us now because that'd be too you know i'm not i'm not putting on the spot because i love having a conversation but in the quiet times you think to yourself well you know there's these other clothing brands come along now what can i learn from them but then you say to yourself well what is it about my clothing brand that stands out so i'm a motivational speaker as you know and i'm co-founder of the small business community network but imagine trying to sell a motivational speaker i had to find out why people related to me why people wanted to book me for their gigs and you know eventually i got global you know keynotes to speak around the world it's dried up now because of covid obviously boohoo me but the point is I had to do what you're doing now. Now, talking about paying somebody to do social media, I've always done on my own, but I've gone a bit behind lately. So even I'm beginning to get traction again. But think about this. How many posts do you actually look at and read and go, I want to get to know that person. I want to buy that product or service. Be honest, Aaron, how many of us actually read each other's posts today? I only like my best friends usually. It's I kind of do that but so if you want to encourage people and i want to encourage people to look at our posts um so what i did i did some experimenting especially on linkedin because really it's been my gold uh, instagram's probably your gold but i experimented on linkedin who was looking at my posts um who was commenting on my posts who was sharing my posts who got a conversation with me and basically you can also see the demographics are they global i want a global you know but um, people weren't really looking at, I'm a wonderful motivational speaker. Please book me for your next event. <laughs> you know, I'm absolutely wonderful, which is what I did years ago in real life before social media. And then people wanted to know why am I a motivational speaker? And I have so many reasons and so many lived experiences. I write about them all, as you probably know, because you're, please say you know, <laughs> you're connected to me on LinkedIn. And sometimes you like my posts. But I think more than ever today, People want to know we're real. 
even if you're a large organization, we care about them, the would-be customer, um, and we're there for them. Because, you know, so many organizations today just sell whatever they're selling and they disappear and they don't care about us. So when you're talking about your clothing company on Instagram, think about what makes it different, what makes it interesting, and talk about some of your trials and tribulations to get to where you are now. And how is your clothing company helping people? Is it giving them more confidence? Do you get where I'm coming from? You know all the answers. As for, um, you know, being able to have the time to do it, as a mentor to many small businesses, I always say you can't be in business if you haven't got time. Now, I know you've got a wonderful career ahead of you and you're working as a bank now, but if you want to still be doing your clothing business, you'll find the time. Um, I used to virtually work 24 hours before COVID and I said, no, 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 slow down. Um, But in your case, I am sure you've got some time to do some research and say, how can I build my brand again? Do I want to build my brand? Do I want to be in business? Can I pay somebody to do this for me? And then for the people out there listening, they look at you and go, well, he's done it. We can do it. And even those people who watch, you know, our podcast, our video, they will talk about you to their friends and then more people will come to your Instagram. But if the posts have dried up, they're going to go away and say, we can't remember who that guy is. But I think you've got a wonderful, wonderful brand going. I love I love your logo. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that the, the logo is definitely something that really helps us stand apart. And yeah, when you mentioned uh, com- kind of coming out of your comfort zone, actually, that was one of like the key things that we wanted to do with the brand was that when you're young, you're kind of shy, you're still getting used to your body, you're, you're just in that awkward stage, you just want to be like, you want to you wanna let the world know that you're, hey, you're here you're ready to tackle the day, right? So with the clothing brand, it just makes you step outside of your comfort zone. And that kind of was my experience when I worked at Walmart doing electronics. I was super shy. I was the shyest kid ever. And I would be scared to wear things that I really liked because I was like, oh, it's going to draw attention or people aren't going to like it or something like that. But when you finally put on like the clothing I have, it's not, it's kind of, not tabooish, but like it's different because it's a different brand, it's a different logo. And at first you're like, oh God, people are going to say something or people aren't, aren't going to like it or I'm going to be judged. But then when you put it on, you walk around, people actually like it. And they're like, oh, yo, where can I get that stuff? And I've given it to my friends and they get approached at the gym um, and people ask them, where can I buy that? Where can I buy that? So so, so we know, yeah, we know you, you're there. We know you've got what it takes. Does it make people feel comfortable? Does it give them more, um, feel like more? they've got more self-esteem? Um, like I was shy, like you say, you were shy. Nobody believes we're shy because we're here tonight. But basically, um, I had to find a way to dress in business. I'd never been in business before. I'd just been a mom. Um, so I had to find a way to dress in business that was comfortable for me and I looked different. So um, I started off by just wearing stuff from yeah, Walmart, you know, that was cheap and cheerful. And then I realised I could wear stuff in pink that made me stand out from the crowd. And I felt comfortable being recognised because I wear pink. But that's just part of my brand. So your clothes stand out from the crowd. But the next bit is the message that you're giving out to the people. So my message was, I'm a breast cancer survivor. That's why I wear pink. 
Okay, so your message is probably um, if you are shy and you want to come out of your comfort zone, why not wear the clothes that, you know, are really um, making you feel comfortable and stand out from the crowd? I mean, you would know exactly what to say. I don't because I'm, I'm not into selling clothes. But, you know, the two companies you're following, um, the two small businesses locally, what is it about one of their brands that stands out? To you, what is it about their, you know, clothes? Okay, so there's two brands that I follow. Um, actually, there's a few, but the ones that I'm kind of referring to, and the one that I like to point out is the uh, their branding. It's called the Matriarch in You. It's a brand that I I met one of the people that actually run it, and he was talking to me about it. I love the idea. I thought it was amazing, um, and it kind of is geared towards that women empowerment movement that was happening. And it's the matriarch, right? The I think it's like a, their logo is like a feet, like an elephant logo, and it's gym apparel. So it's gym working out clothes. Um, the only thing I saw with that is like they kind of cut their customer base in half because guys probably wouldn't wear it just because it says the matriarch in you, and it not it like guys usually like to have like that tough macho uh, logos when they go to the gym, so. I feel like they cut their um, customer base in half and then they did really great with the branding, but their clothes looks very similar to a lot of regular um, gym apparel. And aside from just saying the matriarch and like having that woman empowerment, there's not really much behind it, which I would love to see them do like maybe do some initiatives with like women's shelters or something to show that they actually are really um, about it, about like the women um, empowerment type of movement. So uh, that was a one. Women buy more clothes than men, don't they? Yeah, online, yeah. I would imagine they've got quite a good target market with just women. Yeah, they do. But the only problem is, um, for example, with my market, there's not a lot of brands out there for young men that is lifestyle and for specific beachwear. Right now we have a lot of sportswears that you could wear to the beach um, or dresswear that you could wear to the beach, but it's not really beachwear. It's more or less um, either sports, athletic, casual type of wear that you could just buy that at the beach right? or take it to the beach. But the, the, their their market, they ha- they're competing against Lululemon, <laughs> Gymshark. Those are like the biggest go-to names that all the girls uh, my age and even younger, older, like to um, represent when they bring they go to the gym. That's a whole thing. Uh, they buy, they spend a lot of money, but they want to have that new like brand that their favorite Instagram model is wearing or Instagram influencer is wearing, which unfortunately isn't this brand. But they definitely do have something going for it for them. So what you've done now, you've just analysed another brand as a competitor and there's no need to be scared of competitors because you can't do what they're doing and vice versa. And even if you're in the same business, clothing business, selling the same, almost the same clothes, the only way you're going to lose customers is if you are not in their uh, price range. People, you know, do have different price ranges and shop that way. The other way is if you're selling really bad customer service, you know, um, so think about this. 
and you don't have to tell us now, but think about it. It's your homework from me. Um, think about how you can be so much different to that brand and do better than them, in my words, not your words, and how you can stand out more. And also, how can you reach a target market to know that you're doing more? It's more of a – think about this. It's about self-esteem, confidence, and feeling comfortable. So how do you tell that story? So you've just analysed another brand. And you've done a great job. And I think it sounds wonderful what they're doing. But you've also noticed some things they could do better. But when it's ourselves, we sometimes need somebody else to tell us what we could be doing better. Does that make sense? As for time, nobody can solve that for you. Because if you really, really want to do something, and whether COVID's got to you, I don't know. It's definitely got to me. So I say now, no, that'll wait for tomorrow. But I'm in a different position. I'm not really selling clothes am I so as for the time how do you think you'll work that one out um so right now the one biggest thing and a lot of small business owners are going to go through this is the fact that they kind of feel like they want to give up or they're just going to throw in the towel their friends are going to be like oh you know what maybe it's time to wrap it up but the way I see it is that um it's only done when you're it's only done (laughs) once you decide to like walk away from it you keep investing a lot of time into it um depending on what it is so not everything's going to be like this but usually if you put in the time the work it's just a matter of time until you turn that brand into something that will actually become successful even if it's not originally what you wanted at first and you have to pivot a little bit uh just putting in that time not giving up is super important um especially if you're a small business that's something like i think i don't know the statistic but i'll a lot of percent of the, the big percent of um, small businesses that actually fail within the first or two years, which is sad. It's a lot of people that just think that they know what they're going to do. And then when they try, they spend the money to do it. They just have their wardrobe full of boxes of clothes like I did when I was young. And then they just decide to walk away. You've hit the nail on the head. And not just clothes and, and younger businesses. Um, I've sat opposite people. Um, during a session to find out if I can be their business consultant and they've said stuff like well we don't work overnight we don't work in the summer because we have children who need to play a sport or you know my husband doesn't really like what I'm doing and all these tick boxes that's going through my head they're not going to make it in business because it's got to be all or nothing now when I say all or nothing we've um, seen businesses go through our network who've had a day job and built a business nights and weekends and then left their day job behind to build a really successful business in the financial sense. So it's right, never give up. In your case, what I would suggest to you and anybody else who's listening who's got the same challenge as you, enjoy your life. Go go to work at the bank, enjoy it. Have time for your family and friends. But then if you've got a spare evening, get... You've done your research, you know what you're going to post about, you know what story you're going to tell. So then do about five to ten posts ahead of time. And if you can't schedule them or don't want to schedule them, because the problem with scheduling, sometimes people don't go back to check the messages or the likes, and then they lose traction that way. So do about five to ten posts ready to go if you don't feel like scheduling them, and then just post them every day, every other day, twice, whatever you want to do, and see if you get any traction from that. But remember, it's about the story, what's in it for the customer, and where are you going with this? What is your next move? Because I know you said you were coming out with some new products, but don't tell anybody that until you're ready with the new products. 
Yeah, I know. I definitely got to go back to the drawing board with that and figure out how I'm going to advertise it and make some money. It is exciting. It is. You mentioned for the other company that they get involved with a women's shelter. What organization, and again, think about this in spare time, would you like to be involved with that could maybe showcase your clothes and help, you know, a certain demographic? And that's something for you. But, but you are right. People will be thinking about starting a small business. There's a lot of college people doing it now, aren't they? We've spoken to a lot of them and students, and they think it's easy. And it's not about you, how much money you've got to throw into it because people with money sometimes fail too. But I think you'll get back on track because you're just settling into your day job. We're coming up for Christmas, and I think you'll be back to where you were before, but even better because you really, really want to do this. Yeah, definitely the biggest issue too um, is the time just like because I'm in such a tight window with summer being four months that I can only go to the beach for those months and take pictures and do the content there that the rest of the season I kind of just like coast. So I'm definitely going to try to pick that up. And then also um, for anyone that is like looking at starting a brand, just make sure that you do your research on your market. <laughs> make sure that there's a market there and that you maybe have the resources to target that market because doing the gym is pretty easy because you can just get a gym membership and go there and post photos of you wearing your clothing. But it's a little bit harder if you live in Canada and you're doing a beach brand and you can only use four months. <laughs> What's wrong, though, with having... Um your studio set up in your home or someone else's space and having just a vi virtual background that could be fun yeah definitely um those are de definitely options that i'm going to have to look at now um but it just would have been easier if i chose a market or brand or something that was a little bit more obtainable like something i can like i already do in my day for example if i go to the gym every day it'd be really easy for me to just post gym photos <laughs> and content and create that every single day because I was there whereas now I had have to go a little bit out of my way to like do a whole backdrop and all that so it'll be interesting but it's all about um like changing your strategy and I guess thinking outside of the box <laughs> it's an investment though it's it's an investment in your future it's an investment in your business and um when COVID hit obviously my business both businesses of mine more virtual And so we already had a lot of, you know, the stuff we needed to do presentations, videos, Zoom, stuff like that. But we've got a whole lot more lights than we'd ever had before. Um, we've got a, a basement studio downstairs. So when COVID hit, we were one of the first ones to buy this, that and the other. And then a year later, everybody else started doing it and they're all sold out. So it's about preparation, planning and prioritizing. And you can get a lot of equipment now really cheap and cheerful. You can even get it from Walmart. Don't know why we keep mentioning so think about setting up your own little studio somewhere that you don't have to pay for i hate paying for anything seriously well i, I love the free trials <laughs> i love free trials. i used to like cycle through 30-day trials and make new email addresses another 30 days you, you know dave my husband our producer of this is also an executive at a large uh, cybersecurity company he's a bigger man but he's not you know too big or anything like that he will go out and you'll look at t-shirts in particular and it, boring don't like them don't all the t-shirts in canada seem boring so he's middle-aged man <laughs> but i mean 
there doesn't seem to be anything different for that age group. Um, we did find one nice T-shirt. I can't find um I can't remember the brand name though. And I keep saying today, why do, they're online? Why don't we buy more online? But we haven't had the time. But yeah, there's definitely a gap in that market. Um, Dave and myself think. I know it's not your target market, but um, the t-shirts in the stores are boring. There are some online, and so far we haven't had time for Dave to look at it. But if anybody out there is thinking about doing that kind of target market, that'd be a good one, I think. This has been so interesting because I was wondering how you were getting on with your business and how is your bank um, career going, your job at the bank? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm loving every second of it. I've had so much fun. Um, I usually work seven and a half hours, but I'm usually there like nine hours. So it's it's a lot of fun, but it's just so easy to kind of get distracted and just think about your pay, like just going in every single day and just working without having a little side hustle and trying to like invest in yourself. Right. So if you're uh, one of our listeners, just make sure not to get stuck in like what people call the rat race, which is just living off a salary because that should only be a portion of your income. Um, If you're really trying to become very successful, then having other um, streams of income is super important as well. (laughs) That's a really, that's a really good ending Aaron. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, I have to say um, goodbye from me. And it's going to be goodbye from me. And if you are interested in being one of our guests on the Next Gen Business Podcast, just make sure to send us a DM on Instagram or on our website at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com. Also, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family, anyone that's interested in starting a small business and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Check us out at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com.